Welcome to Coaching Through Cancer, a show for partners, spouses, friends, and family of those fighting cancer. Daryl Taylor is a certified coach, a widower, and father. He knows firsthand the struggles that spouses and families go through after a cancer diagnosis. If you're in the battle of your life, you are not alone. This is the place for you. Hello and welcome to Coaching You Through. This week's podcast is about indecision. Uh, indecision freezes us in most cases. In some cases, it will even paralyze some folks. And I've been there, and I'm still there with a couple of uh, decisions that I need to make as well. Indecision, in most cases, is about trust. Trust being the opposite of fear. People fear taking certain decisions because our minds have a tendency to still go to the worst case scenario. We imagine the worst thing happening, some major failure or a decision that ends up making things worse rather than better. And on the other side of that coin of fear, is this issue about trust. Oftentimes with indecision, it's also because we simply don't trust ourselves. We don't trust our intuition. And that lack of trust is replaced by fear of making the wrong choice. But I'm here to tell you that any decision, in most cases, there are some exceptions, is often better than no decision at all. I can recall when Alina was first diagnosed with breast cancer. The first diagnosis when they found the lump and talked about what would be done removing the tumor and looking for any spread of the tumor and all the treatment we had to go through, it was, it was almost a no-brainer. Um, you are told that you have cancer in your body and you want it out, and the way to get it out is surgery. Not much in the way of a decision there, um, at least not for us. Um, you just want the thing out. In Alina's case, she even opted to have both of her breasts removed because there was a fear that even though there was a lump on one side, that what if it developed on the other side? And so let's just remove all of that tissue. And it's unfair to describe it as an easy decision, but it was relatively quick. And it may have been relatively quick because we were somewhat shell-shocked. And, and again, you're told you have cancer in your body and it's like, how can I kill it or how can I get it out? So in that sense, it was a quote-unquote easy decision. Also at that time, we had absolutely amazing doctors. The father-daughter team that that worked with us had the most incredible bedside manner, um, made us feel at ease when we were terrified. Um, oddly enough, at that time, I was in a much stronger place because I f was completely comforted by what the doctor said and had complete confidence in what they were offering. Again, the decision was Alina's, and she immediately opted for removal. But when the cancer came back, 
in her pelvic bone and her femur and her liver. That was not as easy a decision. Uh, the treatments that were available to us were chemo. Really only chemo was the thing that was offered. But after that first few rounds of chemo and getting blood work done and seeing the, the notifiers in the blood drop down to a level that was not quite non-detect, but, but again, uh, something that was being managed with the treatment. Over time, it became harder to make a decision about what we wanted the treatment to be. Uh, for those of you that know, chemo is incredibly hard on the body. Um, it changes what you look like physically, uh, not just the hair and the eyebrows, uh, the yellowing of the nails, changes in the complexion of the skin, um, you know, the, the retention of, of fluids, um, all of those things change your body and make you feel horrible on this path to getting rid of the cancer. But along that path, we did have moments of indecision and, and we were concerned that was the chemo the right treatment? Were other treatments available to us? Were other options available to us? We heard stories of people going overseas and getting other treatments. Um, they tell you don't read articles, but you do. And that only added to the indecision because there were so many things that we didn't know if they were available to us. Our doctor at the time was not open to a lot of those things until we really pressed him for um, getting us into a a trial. I'll say this for those of you who are going through it or have gone through some phase of it is that you are always second guessing and seeking, rightfully so, second opinions about what's the best course of treatment for your particular version of that disease. Once it had metastasized, we looked for available options, but we had our moments of indecision as to what was the best course? Ultimately, we stayed with chemo, um, at least initially in the first, I don't know, I'd say a couple of years or so. Um, and after that sort of ravaging uh, Alina's body and the ups and downs of kind of living life in between uh, chemo treatments and recovering from the chemo treatments and dreading the next round of blood work and doctor's visit. We pressed for getting involved in trials and started to go down that path. And I don't know, as I sit here today, that any of that indecision changed anything. But what I am offering is this, is that that is a very real situation in that you are afraid because it becomes a matter of life and death. And you're afraid of making the wrong decision because what happens if you do? Or what happens if you don't? In a practical sense, trials can be tricky because of how the trials are managed before new treatments are brought to market. Do you fit the profile of the trial? Um, 
which ones out there are actually suited to the specific form and and condition of cancer that you're going through. There's there's a lot of technical aspects to it and a lot of of best fit type of aspects to it as well. Uh, we did begin a trial before Lena passed away. Um, and again, we could look back and say, would that trial have made a difference? I don't know that it would have. Um, at least that's the read we get from the doctors, that it was a, a long shot. A, to get into a trial, and then B, for that trial to actually have an effect. I mean, there were all sorts of things, immunotherapy and 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 uh, other things that were being done that seemed to benefit other people that may not have benefited us. At the end of the day, though, you have to come to a place where you are good with the decisions you make because they were the best available to you at that time. And I would say that's where we ended up. Not all of our moments of indecision are that weighty, right? Um, you might be in decision, in indecision about a business you want to start. You might be in indecision about um, something as simple as what college to send your kid to. Um, you might be in indecision about looking for a new job. You might be in indecision about beginning or ending a relationship. All of these things have an impact on our lives. And all of these things have consequences that come from either making a choice or not making a choice. Oftentimes, we have to make choices with less than perfect information. The world doesn't always give you the benefit of having a perfect set of information where you can make a very obvious right choice. But what you do have to do is to make a choice, knowing that choosing not to end a relationship, choosing not to pursue a new job, whatever it might be, that all of those things have consequences and that you are good with whatever those consequences are. And in a very weighty life and death decision, it can be hard to be comfortable with that for a long period of time. With other forms of indecision, though, it's really about, is it a best fit or best choice? And I can tell you that from my experience, most of the time we don't know until we've made that choice or refused to make that choice and stayed where we are. And when you do that, you still have work to do on either side. On either side. So, for instance, let's take the, the job scenario. You're unhappy at work. You want to leave your job for another opportunity. Part of that desire is because of your unhappiness. Can you find a way or can something be done to leave you in a state where you're happier with the job that you have? Is it being reassigned? Is it moving to another part of the company? Whatever it might be. But sometimes that is just not something that you want to do. And in those cases, you take a decision to move on. 
And when you do that, the grass will look greener initially. But once you make that decision, you might have some misgivings. You might have some second thoughts. And so I just want you to know that those things are always going to be present. And they don't go away. Now, once in a while, you'll land a new job and it's fantastic, great pay, great people, better location. All these things just kind of all come together. But oftentimes, even after that initial sort of honeymoon period with the new decision, what ends up happening is the grass is not so green when you're there anymore. And you are still going to have to live with your choice and acknowledging and accepting and believing that it was the best choice to be made. If you've been following the podcast for a while, you know that I love a good quote. <clears throat> and there's a quote by Cicero, a Stoic. I default to a lot of Stoic quotes. I say oftentimes that they were the the uh, the first life coaches. Um, but the quote goes like this: "More is lost by indecision." than by wrong decision. What does that really mean? I'll unpack it for you the way I think about it. More is lost by indecision than by wrong decision. You can make a wrong decision, but it's not the last decision you make. You can make another choice. You leave a job, you're unhappy. If the market's right, you go out and you find another job or, again, reassignments, other things like that. Um, if that's possible, but not making a decision, right? The sense of what, what more is lost is the failure to take the agency that you've been granted to make choices and to live with those choices, to give into fear, to resist your own intuition, not trusting yourself, not trusting your knowledge and the gut feeling that you have about what the right choice is. And by foregoing those two things, you actually end up losing more because you've failed to exercise trust in yourself You've failed to exercise forgiveness if you make a wrong decision. You've failed to see that it's not the last decision that you'll make in your life. And so indecision in those scenarios is actually much more damaging because of those things that are lost, those things that are fundamental to how you'll move forward in life beyond just that decision. I wish it were easier. I wish that it were more like math, where if you solve for the unknown variables in the equation, that it's going to automatically spit out a very clear and singular correct decision. But that's not life. Life is not often that neat, rarely. Another thing about indecision and making decisions is that we always want to get to a place where we like our reasons why. And sometimes that's not available to you. 
I'll go back to the example of when Alina's cancer metastasized. We didn't like any of the decisions that were available to us. None of them. Uh, the only decision we wanted to make was to be healthy and to have this thing in our rearview mirror forever. Sure, we could live with the cloud of, you know, I had cancer, I'm afraid it'll come back. That was a better place to be in. And oftentimes it's the only place available um, to people who, particularly when you have a, a very aggressive form of cancer or a cancer that's metastasized and you have fewer uh, treatment options. Um, but you don't always get a chance to like your decisions. It would be great if you could. But it's still important for those other two reasons. To learn to trust your intuition and to face fear. Right? The two sides of the coin. Trusting and fear. And you can get to that place and you can stay in that place once a decision's made. So since there is no equation, is there any guideline for how to get out of indecision? Well, what I'm going to offer you might sound strange, but I'm going to say that the way to get out of decision is to stay there a bit longer. I want to destigmatize the fact that you're frozen in indecision. It is not uncommon. It is human and it is normal. It may not be beneficial, particularly for an extended period of time. And particularly if you never take a decision and only allow things to sort of happen to you rather than creating things for you. But stay there for a bit and sit with that fear and that worry that you have that everything will be somehow worse, harder, or life-threatening even. And just notice how that feels. Recognize it for what it is. It is, we can call it indecision, but that almost purifies it. It is a lack of trust. It is a fear of the unknown. It is a desire to be right. And in life, you might not ever have those things to make your ultimate decision. But if we can sit with it and recognize it as normal, again, not necessarily beneficial, especially over the long term, but recognize it as normal and take the stigma off of it that you have somehow failed and actually make the emotional state that you're in even worse by beating up on yourself does not help. So feel that. Feel that fear. Feel that doubt. The worry. The frustration. Allow it all to just sit within your body. The indecision in this processing of that, those emotions of fear and doubt are not going to kill you or anyone else. And after you've done that and in the process of doing that, and I'm not going to put a time frame on it. We've talked about this before when it comes to 
processing emotions. I don't really put a time frame on it. And I don't really say that it all occurs in one sitting. You might have to do it multiple times. Uh, for me, um, sometimes I'm able to do it sitting down at my desk or in the bedroom or on the back patio. Uh, other times I need to get out into nature and move. And, and just the act of movement for me, propelling my body forward, actually propels my mind and my heart forward as well, where I can come to a decision. So find a practice that loosens that up. I also recommend finding a practice that, or practices, and, and for me, I, I use meditation as part of this to get in touch with my, my inner world. Uh, my true self is the way I would put it, uh, and to learn to trust that person. Develop that relationship of trust with yourself. If it's a decision like I had to make with Alina, it's a joint decision. And really, the final decision rested with Alina in terms of what she was comfortable with and that I was going to support her with that, with information, with knowledge, asking the questions that she couldn't think to ask, um, doing the research, all of those things in order to help us come to a decision. Now, for these other areas, sometimes it's literally just deciding, right? You're going to be uncomfortable either way when you try something new, uh, when you go for a new experience, a new job, a new relationship, or ending a job, ending a relationship, all those things are going to have, as part of that package, some fear and some terror. Uh, and to just acknowledge that that's part of it and to move forward with it in spite of feeling good. I don't want you to get into a place where you are waiting to make a decision because you're waiting to feel good about that decision. That doesn't always happen. It's been my experience that when you move through indecision, trust your intuition, use the information available to you to make whatever you feel is the best possible decision, you will feel better about that. And the more you do that, the more you learn to trust yourself, to listen to that inner voice the easier, in quotes, these decisions will be. You will find that sometimes you get it right and sometimes you get it wrong. And for most of these things, there is forgiveness in that. Uh, not just from individuals, but forgiveness in life in that um, decisions are not always final. Uh, in some of these cases, you will have another opportunity to revisit it. Um to make a second choice, to make a second decision, and to change your course again if you find out that the decision you made was not one that truly brought peace and happiness. Peace and happiness are not always the outcomes that you're going to get, nor are they all sometimes the desired outcome. Sometimes the desired outcome are those two things, overcoming fear, and trust in yourself. If those are part of the place that you want to get to, it's actually, again, in quotes, easier to move from indecision to decision. 
to get out of that stuck, swirling, things are happening to me, I have no control place in your life. To be able to release yourself from that and to take ownership, to take responsibility, and to do the work on the other side of that choice will put you in a far better place emotionally and psychologically, maybe even financially, maybe in love and in health by making a choice, making a decision. My hope for you, for all of us, myself included, is that we learn to trust ourselves and that we learn to face our fears. This is essential for moving forward in almost any area of life uh, and will improve your quality of life if you practice this and just get marginally better over time. Um, if any of this resonates with you and it sounds like something that you want to do in your life, move from where you are to where you want to be, coaching can help. And so I just want to offer you the chance to uh, reach out. You can schedule a mini coaching call with me. We can kind of talk about what's going on and um, see maybe how coaching could be a good fit. So uh, I look forward to helping you and talking to you. Until next time, take care, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Share this episode with friends, families, and others in the fight. We'd love to hear from you. What's your story? What are your thoughts, experiences, and what would you like to hear discussed? Reach out at www.coachingyouthrough.com. That's coachingyouthrough, with the letter U, dot com.